the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Zero nine. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed, and hour number two is now underway at 10 minutes after 10 o'clock uh, on this free-for-all Friday, the 16th morning of the 8th month of the year of our Lord 2019. I'm going to use the opportunity to say it again. Every time I say the 16th morning of the 8th month, I want to say happy birthday to my little girl. Now, a full-fledged voting age adult, and that freaks me out. All right, uh, coming up in about uh, half an hour... Excuse me. We are going to be uh, talking. It's weird. I had a call uh, from uh, BJ earlier on who talked about socialism as we were talking about uh, the BDS movement and uh, the bashing. Uh, Ilan Omar and Rashida Tlaib's bashing of Israel gets them barred from Israel, and there's some sort of a national uproar. Oh, my gosh. How can that be? Uh, combining those two things together, going to do that. As a matter of fact, also in the news just a few moments ago, the latest on uh, President Trump uh, discussing China, tariffs, the trade war, and so on and so forth. Coming up in a half an hour, we're going to talk to Brandon, or excuse me, Benjamin Powell. Benjamin Powell is the author of Socialism Sucks. Two econ- uh, economists drink their way through the unfree world. He's the director of uh, the Free Market Institute and a professor of economics as well at Texas Tech University. And we're going to talk to him about um, what's going on in Hong Kong, the fight for uh, Hong Kong to remain free, uh, the oppression of the Chinese, and what the United States' role in all of this is. So that's coming up at nine. Uh, excuse me, at 10.35. As for now, we are guest-free the, until uh, that point. So if you want to dial, this is a great time to, uh, to not have to wait. Uh, very long on hold. If you want to get in, dial now 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. I want to cover a lot of ground here in this next half hour, in addition to your phone calls, by hitting a few of these stories that we have not yet had a chance to talk about, including the latest from Google. If you have been paying attention to this show with any regularity, you know how I feel and how strongly I am opposed to 
the Silicon Valley technical, technological giants and their systematic oppression uh, and their censorship of conservatives. Whether it be Facebook or Twitter or Google or YouTube, the whole host of them. Google employees have been caught comparing enforcing U.S. immigration law, which has always existed, to the Holocaust. What? Yeah, yeah, let's, let's, let's do this. Google employees are calling on the tech giant to ban the United States Customs and Border Protection Agency and other law enforcement entities, including Immigration and Customs Enforcement, which is ICE, from accessing, accessing the Google Cloud platform. The Google staffers, who are urging other tech companies to join them in hindering cloud access for law enforcement agencies, say that U.S. law enforcement, enforcement has been terrorizing immigrants in a manner that reminds them of the Holocaust. These Google employees who control so much of what we hear and learn in this country. And I know that's a freaky thing to say, isn't it? Google has such an unbelievable control over information in this age because Googling has become a verb, as you know, And when people want to know something about something, everybody says what? Just Google it. Well, when Google has such an an outsized control of information and what people find and what people learn, which they can manipulate through their algorithms, it is extraordinarily dangerous when Google employees, with that outsized control over what America learns and what America knows, when they compare American law enforcement agencies to the Nazis during the Holocaust, we've got a problem. They literally compared providing services to American law enforcement agencies to, quote, IBM's role working with the Nazis during the Holocaust, end quote. Never again reads the Holocaust-inspired title of the Google petition accompanied by the hashtag um, NoGCP for CBP. That stands for No Google Cloud Platform for uh, Border and Cust- uh, bo- uh, excuse me, um, CBP, Customs and Border Protection. The petition was published Wednesday in a report by Medium. U.S. Customs and Border Protection is currently engaged in human rights abuses at the U.S. southern border, begins the leftist scribe at, uh, in Silicon Valley which goes on to compare enforcing U.S. immigration law to the mass murder of Jews in World War II. As of Thursday afternoon, nearly 700 Google employees appear to have signed a petition to blacklist U.S. law enforcement agencies, including ICE, which suffered a targeted attack in San Antonio on Tuesday, by the way, after a shooter began firing multiple rounds at two of its facilities. We have only to look at IBM's role working with the Nazis during the Holocaust to understand the role that technology can play in automating mass atrocity, affirms the Google petition, conflating U.S. law enforcement with Hitler's genocidal Nazi regime. Quote, in working with CBP, ICE, or OR, which is ORR, the Office of Refugee Resettlement, Google would be trading its integrity for a bit of profit and joining a shameful lineage. 
Now, this is not the first time Google staffers have taken action against America's law enforcement and military. In January of 2017, thousands of Google idiots, millennials uh, working in uh, the, the company in Silicon Valley, including executives, joined together to protest the Trump administration's quote-unquote Muslim ban, which, of course, was never a Muslim ban. It was a temporary travel moratorium while we figured out who was coming into this country from what countries. We all know this, but Google, in their ever-progressive political act- activism, uh, joined together to try to stop Trump. It has come to light recently that CBP is gearing up for, for uh, gearing up to request bids on a massive cloud computing contract, writes the petition, which goes on to claim that whichever company provides them with cloud services, quote, will be streamlining CBP's infrastructure and facilitating its human rights abuses. I'm going to stop there because it'll get me just angrier the more that I uh, listen to it or, or read about it, I should say. But this is reality. This is reality. These people who oppose American sovereignty, these people who oppose borders and wish for a borderless nation, these people who oppose the law and do not believe in law and order, these people are in control of what America knows. I want you to ponder that, and I'm going to be silent for a second while you think about that. They are responsible for what you know. In a world, in a nation, in which newspapers are dying and are less and less frequently used for people to find information about what's going on. In an age in which the, new, the cable news race is all over the place, and people aren't sure exactly where to turn to get their their information, more and more Americans are getting their news from the Internet. If you heard about an El Paso shooting and you want to know more, what are you going to do? Google it. And when you Google El Paso shooting, what is Google going to do? Google is going to spit forth results from their algorithms that are going to lead with leftist news outlets calling for gun bans, blaming Donald Trump for inspiring this mass shooting based on racism. Google will spit at you CNN, MSNBC, the New York Times, the Huffington Post, the Daily Coast, and other leftist organizations. And people thinking, well, it's news, it came in the New York Times, it came on MSN. They're going to read these things, and I'm talking about millions and millions of Americans who aren't aware of the fact that you have to seek out all sides of a story, rather than just the side that Google is going to give you. And to those viewers, readers, site visitors, what they read is their reality. What they read is truth. That's why when I make a statement like Google and these millennials working out there in Silicon Valley are controlling what America knows, I'm not, I'm not being over the top. I'm not being hyperbolic. They literally are controlling what you know about anything. If you Google the El Paso shooting, if you Google Philadelphia, if you Google gun control, I mean, anything that you quote-unquote Google, which has become a verb of our time, 
Anything that you Google, you're going to get the leftist perspective on, and you're going to have to go to two, three, or four pages in to get anything that resembles the other side of the story. So when I give you a story about Google employees petitioning to stop their own company from providing web services to federal law enforcement agencies because they compare those agencies to the Nazis <laughs> and, and their systematic eradication of Jews from the planet, we've got a problem here. When you control the flow of information, you control the movement of the people. When you control the movement of the people, you control the country. And that's what they're doing. They're controlling the minds of the people and thus their movements and their beliefs. And they are then handing control to their benefactors, which, of course, are the liberal uh, progressives that they support in Silicon Silicon Valley. All right. uh, I've got more on that. I'm going to go to your phone calls right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 1025, now the Bob France Authority continuing on AM 1420, the answer. Way too many stories, way too much news to try to squeeze into a two-hour show, but we're doing the very best we can. Speaking of shows, my friend Khalid Namar is the co-host of the Todd Allen Show. You hear Sunday nights right here on AM 1420, the answer, and he's here now on the Bob France Authority. Hey, Khalid, what's up, my man? Good morning, Bob. Uh, real quick, um, the, you remember the meathead from uh, the Everybody Does, the uh, Archie Bunker show? He's still a meathead. He, he, Have you ever seen him on yeah. Twitter? <laughs> I just did. Ten Rob Reiner ago. is a piece <laughs> of work. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Khalid. <laughs> he, he, he just tweeted that, um, you know, this is, he's talking about the uh, ban on uh, Tlaib and Omar in Israel and saying that this is an assault by this ignoramus. He's talking about Trump on our democracy. And I tweeted, well, what does this have to do with our democracy? And as Americans, we barely have a say who comes into our own country, let alone very true. Uh, commenting on who Israel can have come in. And if you're voting or rooting or introducing legislation to harm Israel's economy and their country, they have every right to say, stay the hell out. I, I would think that's common sense. Nobody would invite somebody into their home who's trying to remove them from their home or destroy their home. I, mean, I think that's kind of common sense. Uh, well, yeah, but, but anyway, Khalid, you know what? You know what? Yeah. You're right, and even they know that's common sense. But it's not about that. It's not about common sense. It is about scoring. It is about their agenda. And even though they cannot possibly dispute, if you were having a one-on-one discussion with any one of these people, whether it's Meathead Rob Reiner or whether it's Bernie Sanders or whether it's Sharia Tlaib herself, and you say, look, you literally support and have introduced a resolution of support in the U.S. Congress for something that drastically harms the nation of Israel, their economy, and quite frankly, their sovereignty and their security. This is what you are doing. Can you honestly, commonsensibly now argue that they should allow you in when you're doing that? She would say, no, they probably shouldn't. If you got her at 100% most honest moment, she would say no. But it's about the agenda, and that's what all of them are arguing. Go ahead, my man. Well, if 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 there if if we got rid of you know um, if it was all about common sense, then there would be no one on the on the far left. Um, but real quick, I just wanted to mention uh, our fundraiser September fifth with yes. Dr. Everett Piper. Dr. Everett Piper is coming in. You if you've been listening to the Bar Fran show, which you should have been the last few months for many reasons, 
He's on every Thursday with you. Uh, he brings it. He's coming in for American Trinity Project's uh, fundraiser on September 5th at Wagner's of Westlake. You can go to uh, americantrinityproject.org to check out uh, or Eventbrite to get tickets. Got to come see Dr. Piper. Tom Z is going to be moderating uh, as well as Mike Gibbons will be speaking and my good friend Jeff Sindelar, one of the best young constitutional minds out there and, and Cleveland attorney. Um, it'll be fantastic because Dr. Piper will bring it live to you as he does on your show every Thursday. So please check us out. Help us out. We're educating young people about the Constitution and civics in schools, and we're trying to, to get in this fight. We're, we, we like to say that we're ridding the world lefties one kid at a time. So uh, <laughs> please come. I like that. <laughs> please please come, come help us do that. Dr. Everett Piper, live and in person, September 5th, Wagner's of Westlake. Uh, and check us out on Eventbrite and grab tickets. We got VIP tickets so you can meet and greet and have dinner with Dr. Piper and the rest of the panelists. Tom Z, Mike Gibbons will be stopping by to speak. We, we got a good warmer back. So check us out. And thank you for all you do for us, brother, And because uh, we got a lot of work to do. Well, I'll tell you what. I've told you this before, and I'll say it again now. Why not? It, it bears repeating. What you are and Dan are doing at the American Trinity Project is God's work. You are not just preaching to adults and trying to change minds there. You're trying to shape minds at the youngest levels and fighting the indoctrination they're getting from so many other places. It is so extraordinarily important what you do. That's why I want people to support you, support the American Trinity Project, and go and have a fantastic evening listening to the keynote address of Dr. Uh, Everett Piper. And as you pointed out, uh, Tom Z, who is fantastic, and Jeff Sindelar Jr. I mean, the, the whole crew, you're going to have a fantastic, Mike Gibbons, it's going to be a fantastic event. So, uh, I want yep. everybody to take advantage of that opportunity. American, uh, I'm sorry, give me, give me the address again. I want to make sure I say it right. Yep www.americantrinityproject.org. It's Liberty Lounge featuring uh, Dr. Everett Piper. And shout-outs to my brother Dan Messina because uh, I wouldn't be doing this without him. Love it. Thank you, my friend. Do me a favor. Make a, make a, a nuisance of yourself over the next two and a half weeks, okay? Keep calling me and reminding me and everybody else about this great event. Sound all right? Thank you, brother. Happy birthday to your little girl. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Khalid Namar, good, good stuff, good guy, great guy, doing great things with a great organization. Coming up, news time now on AM 1420, The Answer, back after this. Tell you what, this has been a very, very fast-paced show today. Rapid fire starting. I guess when you start out your day with uh, Sharia Talib, um, <laughs> play, I mean playing games with her gammy. Uh, you know, I mean seriously, it's it's crazy. I, I I think this woman is is got some serious issues here. She literally is willing to use her own grandmother as a political tool to demonize Israel. I mean that timeline that I started to show. Think about this. Step one for, for Sharia Tlaib and Jihad Omar. We must boycott, divest, and sanction Israel. Two, we want to come to Israel. Three, what do you mean we're banned from Israel? Four, I want to see my gammy in Israel. Five, you mean I can see my gammy in Israel? Six, I won't see my gammy in Israel under those conditions. Seven, we must boycott, divest, and sanction Israel. There's the circle. There's the circle. 
I would call it the circle of life and go Lion King on you, but in her case, it's the circle of death. She wants Israel gone. She wants Israel. They want Israel gone, and then they're mad when they're not allowed to come into the country and preach it to their faces and tell them why they want them gone, tell them why people should boycott, divest, and sanction, thus leading to the end of the sovereign nation of Israel. All right. Uh, want to go? It's kind of funny. I was talking about this earlier on, and somebody else conflated the issue of socialism with it because, you know, these squid members, uh, uh, Tlaib and and Omar, and of course, Damasio Cortez, and uh, uh, and, uh, who's the four, uh, uh, what's her name, Uh, Presley, they all stand for socialism as well as uh, uh, this uh, anti-Israel, anti-Semitic nonsense. So somebody kind of conflated that on a phone call earlier, and I said, this is perfect, because we're going to talk socialism here in the uh, last hour of the show. And indeed, here we go. Socialism sucks. That's not my statement, although I do concur with it. That is the name of a book. Socialism sucks. Two economists drink their way through the unfree world. It's written by Robert Lawson and Benjamin Powell. Uh, two economists drinking their way through the uh, the unfree world. I'll tell you what, that's a pretty good gig if you can get it. If you can get pay you, somebody pay you to drink your way through the unfree world, that's pretty amazing. But I guess you do have to stay sober enough long enough to document all of it. Um, Benjamin Powell joins us now to explain right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for very much for your time, Benjamin. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm all right. Let's have an eye-opener together this morning. Let's do it. Uh, I like it. Um, you know, this is a, a perfect time, I guess, for your book to be out uh, because we are watching socialism ravage nations all around this world, including and perhaps most ex- especially Venezuela. But um, I, I, I want to talk to you about what's going on in Hong Kong as well and their desperate attempt to remain free. Uh, this battle uh, that they have with China, I mean, this is a this is a. A burgeoning um, uh, Tiananmen Square, I guess, again, type of moment. That's what a lot of people are saying. In the meantime, we're in the middle of this trade war with China and tariffs uh, and potential recession and all kinds of other things. Try to make some sense of what's going on there in the Far East. Then we'll talk more about what's going on in Venezuela. Sure. So I've been to Hong Kong before, although we didn't travel to it for this book since it's not socialism, but we did spend time in, in China. Actually, that's called fake socialism. It, what you have here is, you know, a tension between economic and political freedoms. It tends to be that the two of them go together. You get places that are not politically free and not economically free, and you get places that are both politically and economically free. The off-diagonals are really hard to do. Places places without economic freedom can't maintain political freedom. That's Venezuela. We can talk about that in a minute. But you do get these oddities like Hong Kong that has a high level of economic freedom, capitalism. But without political freedom, and this has been true in Hong Kong for its entire history since it's developed, because it didn't really have democratic freedom under British rule either, but it had good economic freedoms and British rule of law and courts and reliability. And those were largely in place still uh, since being turned over to China. But China has increasingly cracked down uh, on Hong Kong. And in particular, it's not so much that they're missing their democratic freedoms that they used to have, it's that some of their civil freedoms are really in jeopardy going forward, freedom of the press. And what, you know, what touched off these riots is the, the extradition to, to mainland China, which would allow them to persecute political opponents in Hong Kong. Uh, very dangerous going forward, and it's, you know, really unclear how this is, how this is going to play out. Well, uh, I will I say fear. we witnessed... Um, no, no, please go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to, I was going to say what I fear is what I mentioned before in passing about Tiananmen Square. What, what the Chinese are threatening here. I mean, they're calling the protesters terrorists and they have suggested that military action could be taken, which is why, of course, I, I brought up that uh, infamous moment in Chinese history. 
Now, these are these are peaceful and orderly protesters, and uh, you know I can tell you from traveling in the book. Actually, we ha- we experienced just a little bit of it uh, when we were in mainland China. We were in uh, Beijing, and we participated in a, a small conference at a, a, a group called Unirule Institute, which is a free market think tank in Beijing, and they were hosting a conference with Chinese academics and graduate students. And Bob and I, uh, we both spoke at it, and. Uh, it was discussing the ideas of Ayn Rand, you know, the novelist from the United States and anti-communist, and uh, free market Austrian economics. And we thought it was really cool. We were in central Beijing talking about these ideas, not, you know, not a mile from the Central Communist Party headquarters. And, uh, well, lo and behold, then the next day that building was chained shut. They shut down the conference and they wouldn't let it continue. And they put the uh, founder of the institute under house arrest for the day. Uh, we're here talking with Benjamin Powell, who is uh, the author, or co-author, uh, with uh, Robert Lawson, Bob, as he pointed out, uh, of Socialism Sucks, Two Economists Drink Their Way Through the Unfree World. Let me move from China and Hong Kong and that situation and bring it home here. Um, and by the way, you're a professor of economics, right, uh, at uh, Texas Tech? Yes. Okay, so so you 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 understand this better than most of us. We are laymen, uh, even though those, some of us have studied economics. We are not professors of it. Tell us if we missed economics one hundred and one, or at least the advanced courses. Tell us exactly how and why it is that somebody like Bernie Sanders, somebody like uh, Elizabeth Warren, and other individuals who espouse pro-socialist. Um, models in this country can be polling as high as they are. How can Americans who have studied, again, even just a little bit of this and may have missed the advanced classes, tell us how anybody could possibly be for a system of, uh, of economic government in this country in which socialism and uh, governmental power is, is advanced when we see it fail time and time and time all around the world, not just now but in, in, in recent history as well. Yes, yeah, so this is actually another you know, motivation for, for us writing this book. Is We're both academic economists, but we could have written a, another journal article in a scientific journal that no normal person would read. This is our attempt to uh, you know, do a first-hand travel log, Anthony Bourdain-style book, except we're doing economics and history instead of food, and uh, explain these things. And I think the, the answer to your question is kind of two parts. Uh, one is a lot of people just don't know what socialism is. Socialism means abolishing private property and the major factors of production and replacing it with some form of collective ownership, usually state ownership. That is a disaster everywhere it's ever been done because it's economically inefficient and, and this is the other part that they don't get, even if they do understand that, they want something new, democratic socialism or socialism from below, not the socialism of Mao or Stalin. But they miss the fact that the democratic freedoms are tied to your economic freedoms. Once you lose your economic freedoms, when you replace it with state ownership and planning of the economy, it's impossible to have meaningful democratic freedoms. Over time, those will erode, and that's exactly what we saw in Venezuela. Venezuela was democratic socialism. Chavez was elected in 1998 in free and fair elections observed by uh, international parties. Uh, He was re-elected and put in a new constitution in another fair election. Uh, But what we've seen happen in Venezuela uh, and, you know, the democratic socialists here in the United States were pointing to that not more than six years ago as successful democratic socialism. But the economy was being hollowed out throughout the 2000s. There was just high oil prices that were floating them up because they sit on the large world's largest uh, oil reserves. Uh, and when prices came down in 2013, it revealed the hollow economy that was behind it all. And usually, you know, high inflation, high unemployment, people are going to vote you out of office. 
but yet Maduro got reelected last summer with an overwhelming majority. This doesn't pass the smell test. What happened? People were ordered to vote for him or they'd lose their job at state firms. Food aid is handed out at polling places. Um, they repressed the opposition parties. Since then, the parliament, within its constitutional authority, has named an interim president uh, to replace him. And Maduro has used the military to maintain power. Venezuela, that was, quote, democratic socialism, degenerated into mere socialism that is totalitarian, which is what happens everywhere and always that it's practiced. And that is so important for you to point out the dif- the, the uh, well the fact that there is no difference. I was going to say the difference between democratic socialism, socialism and and true socialism because that's what Bernie and, and Cortez and the others are trying to sell. But there is no difference. And what you just pointed out is extraordinarily important. Benjamin Powell is my guest. He is a professor of economics at Texas Tech. He's the author of Socialism Sucks. Two economists drink their way through the unfree world. Now everything you just said about Venezuela, many people know. Maybe not to the depth that you just explained. It, but we know about the failure of Venezuela. But some point to what what is sometimes viewed as the success of some of the Nordic countries that are using a socialist model, like Sweden, like Norway. Can you tell us how it works in some places but doesn't in others? Uh, because that's what the left is embracing here when they try to say, tell us again how socialism doesn't work. <laughs> sure. Uh, Sweden and Norway and the other Nordic countries work because they're not socialist. So chapter one of the book is called Not Socialism, Sweden. Uh, and we travel there, and Sweden's a wonderful place. Uh, but Volvo's not a nationally owned company. The restaurants aren't nationally owned. The beer isn't nationally owned, and thus it's delicious. Uh, the Swedish economy is based on private property and market exchange, just like the United States is. Uh, it, it has relatively light regulation of business, freedom to trade internationally, sound money, it's a free market capitalist economy. Now, what it has, and I think there's a problem with this, it has a big welfare state, a bit of labor market regulations, and high taxes to pay for that big welfare state. I think those things are bad, but they don't equal socialism because they haven't nationalized the economy. As a result, it's still a pretty prosperous place. Now, what happened with the big welfare state and high taxes? Go back to before Sweden had those. In the mid-20th century, it was the fourth richest nation in the world, and it was a very laissez-faire free market economy. It put in a big welfare state and high taxes. Its growth rate slowed. It's now in the bottom half of OECD, or bottom half of rich countries, in terms of its per capita income, because that welfare state is is sucking the resources out of uh, productive entrepreneurs' uses. But that's not the same as socialism, and we shouldn't conflate the two. Excuse me, that is uh, such an important point, too, uh, Benjamin. We're talking to Benjamin Powell, the author of Socialism Sucks. That is such an important point. Now, I want to... I want to pivot to the to the healthcare aspect of socialism. Obviously, we hear again the American leftists, particularly those who are running for president, screaming for Medicare for all. As a matter of fact, every single person on the Democrat stage in debate number one raised their hand when said, "Should we provide uh, uh, um, uh, national health care for everyone, and should it include even illegal immigrants?" So they're all in on state sponsored, government controlled, single payer health care. Uh, and and I want to go to the Canadian model, which is 
obviously socialist in nature as well. It's single-payer, government-run health care. And I just saw this story today, and Benjamin, you can speak to this specifically if you wish or not, but there's a story on PJ Media right now about how Canadian health care, the, you know, the, the death panels, essentially, that Sarah Palin was once ridiculed for discussing, but that Canadian health care ministers refused to pay for a disabled father's health care, somebody suffering from ALS, diagnosed six years ago. The cost was going to be too much, but they agreed to pay for his assisted suicide. So, and I'm not, that's an extreme example, and I'm not saying every single person is going to be suicided rather than be treated, but this is what happens when you give government control over your health. Can you speak to that aspect of socialism, uh, either in, in Canada, abroad, or potentially here in the United States, if it comes? Yeah, scarcity is a fact of life, and it's a bitch. Uh, we have to ration resources. And if you nationalize an industry and allocate its services via government, that doesn't get rid of the need to ration scarce resources. It's just now, instead of prices and profit and loss doing it, some government bureaucrat decides your future and whether you're worth saving or not. So I think proposals by the Democrats or others to, to Medicare for all, which is a little different than truly nationalizing health care, but it's one more step down that road to serfdom, just like Obamacare itself was. Uh, these things are going to mess up our health. Listen, our health care system is so far from a capitalist free market economy. Uh, it's state regulate, regulated and dominated, whether it's the AMA that's inflating medical prices by limiting entry and what nurse practitioners can do, whether it's the FDA and their billion-dollar 10-year process to get a new drug to market. Uh, all of these things make us not a free market in medicine. Socializing is not the answer. Returning to market principles would make our Medicare much better off. But even if they do this, this doesn't make the United States socialist. It just pushes us down that road to serfdom a little bit farther. This is a book that every American who values freedom and sound economics needs to read. Um, I have not yet read it. I have just become aware of it, and I said I want to learn more about it from Benjamin Powell. He's been kind enough to share a lot of very important information. Now I want the details. Um, get this book. Get it on Amazon or wherever it is that you find your books. It's called Socialism Sucks, Blunt and to the Point. Two economists drinking their way through the unfree world and telling us more about what is socialism, what isn't socialism, and what Uh, you have to be worried about here in the United States. Benjamin Powell, terrific conversation. I enjoyed it immensely. I look forward to reading the book as well. Best of luck to you, sir, and thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Bob, and I hope my Red Sox can catch your Indians for the wild card. Stop! No, what do you mean? Don't worry about that. they got to catch the Twins because we're winning the damn division. Just be aware of that. (laughs) Thanks, Benjamin. Appreciate it. That's uh, Benjamin Powell. It's uh, 1051. We'll get a quick time out here. We'll come back with our final segment. If you want to get in, do it. Uh, 216-901-0945 The Bob France Authority Back after this Well, it's the final segment of the hour And as I check the clock It's the final segment of the show And as I check the calendar Turns out it's the final segment of the week my goodness gracious, uh, that was fast. Really good stuff with Benjamin Powell. Really good conversation earlier on with Mike Goldstein as well. Uh, continue to follow the political movement here. This is not about 
um, seeing her her sick gammy who might not survive. It's not about anything having to do with um, uh, uh, oversight and and wanting to visit one of our allies uh, to talk about how our money is being spent. The only reason Jihad Omar and Sharia Tlaib wanted to go to Israel is to promote the boycotting and the divesting and the sanctioning of Israel in Israel. Do not mistake it for anything less. And to each and every one of the leftists arguing on their behalf, oh, what's the matter, Israel? Can't stand criticism of your policies. They don't want to criticize Israel's policies. They want to eliminate Israel's existence. That's what BDS is all about. They support BDS, which is aimed at wiping out Israel. They support Hamas, which is a terror organization aimed at wiping out Israel. And there are probably some other organizations, Care, that they also support that are aimed at wiping out Israel. Do not for one second think any of this has anything to do with their jobs as members of Congress. This is their jobs as Palestinian-slash-Muslim activists. Sister Mary Grace in Old Brooklyn on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning. Go right ahead. Oh, my goodness. God bless you. Um, Thank you. I'll take those blessings. I want to make a comment on Silicon Valley and Google. Okay. And when they were planning that, Eric Schmidt was their outside CEO, and they had already planned everything they're going to do. I call Silicon Valley the Valley of the Damned. You are not going to be worshiping AI. That is not happening. It's deeper than you think, Bob. Very deep. Uh, I believe that, uh, uh, Mayor Grace. Oh, I really do. It. It's true. I would never lie. No, I know you wouldn't, and uh, and, and I, I and I concur with your I concur with your assessment there. I, I'm going to let you finish your thoughts there before I respond. Go ahead. I don't want to interrupt you. When they were planning Google, with mm-hmm. all the guys that were doing it, they ended up hiring Eric Schmidt, mm-hmm. an outside CEO, and that was their plan. They have okay. Burning Man. Burning okay. Man, that's what it's called. God yeah, bless yeah. you. And I am familiar. Thank you. And I will take those blessings. I love it. Anytime I get somebody giving me a blessing, I will take it because I need to be blessed uh, to cover for all of my shortcomings. Um, look, uh, I, I, that's very well said. Uh, and, and your point is very well taken. And it's something I will look more further, look further into. But to say that this Google, uh, organization was planned from the beginning is 100% accurate. This wasn't something where, hey, let's use the power of the internet and help people find things by creating as if this is some sort of a, you know, a magnanimous gesture to help people find information by creating a search engine. No. This was from the beginning. How can we manipulate the news and information that people take in? We want them to learn and to listen to what we want them to read and to hear. That is what that is our goal. It was planned from the beginning. And sadly, truthfully, it has been very effective and very successful because we bought it hook, line, and sinker including and especially anybody who's got one of those devices in their home. But we'll talk more about that on Monday. That's all the time we have for you today. Thanks for a great conversation uh, from callers, from guests, and thanks to the crew, especially the dynamic duo of Derek and David. We'll talk to you Monday. Have a great day. Bye-bye.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.